there you go. <laughs> it is awesome to see everyone, and um, especially as we're kind of getting back to the post-summer, which I'm still a little bit in denial about, school starting, which I'm really in denial about, um, rhythm of everything, but it is what it is, and we're excited about it because it's a, a different season, it's a fun season, and really want to make the most of it. And so I, just, I want to reiterate what Alexander said, um, especially as we go back to two services. I mean, we are really excited um, just about a lot of the work that we're doing in the building. All of you can see um, the lobby has been painted, uh, the downstairs rooms are uh, painted, the flooring's going to get started. So really, just really sprucing up the place, making it um, you know kind of freshening things up, especially in our kids' area. And so really excited for what that's going to mean for our families. Uh, but we also just want to reiterate, we really do need to get back to the reality of people helping out. And so we've, you know, the, the lockdown is over, even though COVID is not, and communities regathering, and we're going to be safe, and we're going to be, um, um, you know, careful, as we have been for every moment of this. But we are excited about the fact that, and just embracing the reality, that aspects of church that we weren't able to do for a long time, we're doing again, or we're going to start doing again. And part of that, the only way we can do children's ministry, the only way we can do hospitality, the only way we can do a, even a lot of the things that we do in service is if people are owning, the, owning things and helping making our church family go. And so if you are able and interested in help in any way, please, 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 especially on that, uh, the QR code in front of you is like uh, everything that Alexander was talking about, I'm talking about, that one-stop shop is there. You can look at that and fill that out. Um, if you're interested in helping the kids especially, I know a lot of our college students, if PCM means anything to you, we can help out in that regard as well. And so just fill that out and we will get back to you. Um, one additional announcement this, uh, that wasn't in the before that I forgot to add in is that this Wednesday there's going to be a meeting uh, for our involvement and connection with World Relief. And so we mentioned this last week. Um, just as we think about what's 30s who look like they're college students. And so we should say that, obviously. And so we should just throw that out. Uh, but we do have um, a college group that's going to be starting on Sunday nights. It's going to be on the 12th. That's going to start at 4 o'clock. Um, and so just students, put that in your uh, radar right now. Put, mark that down. It's gonna, we'll get more information to you. But that is going to be beginning on the 12th at 4 o'clock. And now that is it for commercials. <laughs> um, we started a new series last week called Let Your Life Speak. The idea of this is about vocation. What has God called us to? What has he want, how has he shaped us to be a part of what he is doing in the world? Um, why, who are you and why are you here? This is the question that we raised last week and want to ask again but further along this week we talked about this idea of vocation that it means letting your life speak in the way god has shaped you so people will experience his love and the life that he offers and so as we think through the next part of that and really today is part two of last week's message and so if you weren't with us last week still going to be encouraging and helpful for you but i would really encourage you to go back if you download the new life app link is in the QR code right there in front of you. Um, you can, the messages are there under Lincoln Park, and you can check out what we talked about last week, because this is really going to build on that in many ways. Before we jump into it, though, I just want to pray and ask that God would speak to us. So let's pray together. God, we're so grateful for who you are. We're grateful for your love for us. We're grateful for your presence. Thank you for, the, I'm, I'm grateful for this church family, God. 
Just thinking, even having moments over the last couple of weeks of thinking of my time here, our family's time here, being part of New Life, I am just so grateful for your church. I'm grateful for this place and the people here. And God, I pray that as we get into this idea more about how you've made us, how you've formed us, how you've gathered us, God, I pray that you would give us a deep sense of appreciation for who you are and for your church and our place that's part of it. We know, God, that even as we think about the question, who are we and why are we here, there's more going on in the world than just what's happening in these walls and the people whose lives are represented here. And so we pray again for Haiti and still reeling from the earthquake. We pray about what's happening in Afghanistan. For the people of Afghanistan, we pray for them. We pray for the, uh, what's happening there. I pray, God, that you being the God of peace, that you would intervene. God, we pray for those in Louisiana and the southern part of the country as this hurricane comes in today. We pray for safety. God, we pray for people who will be able to come alongside and help in the aftermath. There's just so much happening in the world. It can feel overwhelming. And so we're grateful for your strength. We're grateful for who you are. We're grateful, God, that you use us and you want to use us even in these situations, but also even in the things going on in our day-to-day. I pray that you would show us that a little bit more this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Uh, To get us started in the second part of this Let Us Let Your Life Speak series, I want to show you um, one of my favorite scenes from one of my all-time favorite movies. Now, Mr. Pitts. It's a rather unfortunate name. Mr. Pitts. (laughs) Where are you? Mr. Pitts. It's longer than that. Now, Mr. Pitts. It's a rather unfortunate name. Mr. Pitts. Where are you? Mr. Pitts, will you open your hymnal to page 542? Read the first stanza of the poem you find there. To the virgins to make much of time? Yes. One. Somewhat appropriate, isn't it? Gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a-flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Thank you, Mr. Pitts. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now, who knows what that means? Carpe diem. That sees the day. Very good, Mr. Meeks. Meeks. Another unusual name. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Why does the writer use these lines? Because he's in a hurry. No. Ding! Thanks for playing anyway. Because we are food for worms, lads. Because believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. I'd like you to step forward over here. Peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. I don't think you've really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts, full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope just like you. 
Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what they were capable? Because you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. But if you listen real close, you can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen. You hear it? <clears throat> was a movie I watched all the time. It was just one of those inspirational ones to me. If you've never seen Dead Poets Society, um, you should ask for forgiveness of God of that and watch it as soon as you can. Um, but it was a constant, as many times as I watched this movie during the time of VHS, not digital recordings, I probably wore out my copy of it. Just to be, have this continual reminder, make the most of who you are. You can do extraordinary things. And I needed to be reminded of that. I, I, I wanted that as a young guy. When I was a youth pastor, I showed this clip a lot. Because I saw myself not so much in the teen role, but as the teacher role. And I wanted to be the one telling them to make the most of their days. To make their lives extraordinary. But the older that we get, the more I think it's easier to forget about this idea. The more we go through, the more experiences we have, we can maybe even become pretty cynical about it. Experience a good amount of hardship or stress or conflicts. Think about dealing with trials and disappointments and difficulties. Go through one too many Chicago winters and then throw a global pandemic on top of it. And you can start getting overwhelmed with the difficulties Overwhelmed with the idea that life and the idea of making your life extraordinary just doesn't seem possible. There's no time for that. Or even the fact that the idea doesn't compute. And then someone tells you that your life was meant to speak about God's goodness and the way that he shaped you so that people can experience his goodness and love. And that also might not seem possible, not compute. Or who has the time for that? And that's why I think this series is so important. That's why I think that even though we're only talking about this for a couple weeks, I think it's one of the most important things we may have heard in a while or need to hear. Is that there is, this isn't just some clip from a movie. This isn't just the naivety of youth. This is what it means to follow Jesus. This is part of what it means to follow Jesus. In John 10, he says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In Psalms, it says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. 
Colossians 3, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Ephesians 5, so be careful how you live. live. Don't live like fools, but, li- but like those who are wise, wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. To follow Jesus is to live purposefully is to live intentionally, is to make the most of every moment, whether how small or whether how big. To follow Jesus is to literally seize the day. But we're not grasping it for ourselves. We are seizing it for him. That we would experience him. And others would as well. You were made to have a life of purpose. You were meant to do more than simply collect a paycheck, buy more stuff, sleepwalk through your job, or go from one day of stress to the next. Yes, all of that is part of life, but that's not meant to be what we're about. We were made for more than that. And so last week we raised the question, who are you and why are you here? Who are you? And why are you here? Being made by God and called by God to be part of what he is doing in the world, to restore people back to him and peace in creation. This is not something simply for those who are going into a full-time ministry or something like that. This is something for everyone who follows Jesus. Our identity in Jesus and our purpose in Jesus is meant to guide us and direct us, but it's also meant to cut through the difficulties, the stresses, the trials, and the hardships. Who we are in him and our purpose in him is meant to remind us that there is more to our story than the difficult chapter we might be in right now. Who we are in him and our purpose in him is meant to remind us that if we are still breathing, then God is not done with us. If we're still here, then there is still more that we can be a part of and we can do. We have more days to seize. Our identity in him and our purpose in him is to remind us that even though the most difficult seasons, even the most difficult seasons can be opportunities for the goodness of God, to be experienced and made known. And for some, so for some listening this, you hear me in this room or you're watching online, you may never have heard this, or you may have a hard time believing it or grasping the significance of it. So you need to know you were meant to have a life of purpose in Jesus. For others, we need to be reminded of the basic, powerful truth because it is so easy to forget who we are and who we are in him and what we're meant to be about as we go through the pressures of life, the trials of life. Remembering doesn't take the hardship away, but it does help us see it differently as we go through it. And man, the last year 
School schedules being changed, work schedules being changed, kids' schedules being changed, figuring out how to interact with people, how to go about stuff, different things we've experienced in our country as far as different things that have divided us, and all of it, and then to add on top of that, major events happening in the world and even major things happening in our families, our lives. Things get so heavy, so chaotic that we feel like we're just in survival mode to get to the next day. We need to remember who we are. We need to remember who we are. Because we can skit in the midst of all the chaos so much and it screams so loud and it bogs down on us that we get discouraged. We get distracted and we start believing the lies that this is it. This is how it is. This is who we are. And it's not. All of those things don't define you. It's who you are in the midst of them. And who defines you should be your relationship with Jesus and your purpose in him. We need to be reminded of that. And so we ask, Who are you? And why are you here? In the midst of syllabus shock, who are you? And why are you here? In the midst of family difficulties and bills and figuring out schedules, who are you? And why are you here? thinking about what's next and what's going to happen and where you're going to go and what's meant to be. Who are you? And why are you here? That's not just a tack on. That's not something you figure out once life becomes easy and settled and calm. This is supposed to be the thing that we know and hold on to and grasp to guide us in the midst of everything. This, is, this question isn't an elective. It's the required of everything. Who are you? And why are you here? And so our text, our main text from last week was, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This passage speaks of us being God's masterpieces, his poem, God's creative work. We are handmade by him. We don't come off of an assembly line. And so the question we are asking coming out of this goes further. If I am God's masterpiece, then how has he masterfully made me? If God has made me specifically, then specifically how has he made me? If I'm his poetic creation, how has he shaped me for good works? And this is where the reminders that we need get more developed. This is where the seize the day for Jesus can become clear. This is where it isn't just aspirational in a moment that will fade. This is where we start thinking through and prayerfully asking God, show me how you've made me and show me why I'm here so that my life will speak as you've made me to do so. How has God shaped you so that your life will speak of his goodness and his love? Pastor Rick Warren 
of Saddleback Church out in California, he came up with a great concept a while, long time ago that I think helps us to prayerfully process how God has specifically crafted us and uses what we've gone through in life to join him so that our life can speak in this world. Pastor Warren uses an acronym for the word SHAPE. And this idea stands, the letters stand for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. When we can see ourselves in each of these things, when we can see how God has made us in these ways and collectively bring them together, it can help us to see what we're made for. It can help us find our unique voice in the kingdom of God and what God is doing in this world. Whether it's in your church family, in this city, or wherever he takes you. So we need to think through these different things. The first one is spiritual gifts. How has God gifted you? How has God gifted you? God gives every one of his followers at least one, sometimes more, spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift is a Holy Spirit-empowered ability to serve others. It is a manifestation of the Spirit. It is a specific means by which the Holy Spirit is going to work through you toward others. Consider it a spiritual superpower, if you will. Not because of what you're doing or anything about you, but because of what the Spirit is going to do through you. Though not an exhaustive lift, some of the possible gifts that we see in Scripture could be exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, service, teaching, administration, discernment, faith, helps, knowledge, wisdom, and there's a lot more. We see these in Scripture. There's three things to know in regard to about our spiritual gifts. Is that first is that your gift was picked by God. Romans 12 says we have gifts according to the grace given to us and so this isn't our spiritual gifts aren't something that we apply for requests campaign fill out a form about there's no kickstarter campaign involved in anything like this god gifts us god blesses you and entrusts you with a specific spirit empowered ability to make a difference where you are and in your circle of influence your gift was picked your gift is spirit-empowered. Spirit-empowered. It's the difference between a natural ability and a supernatural ability. Take the gift of teaching. There are great, amazing teachers out there. My kids have had some great, amazing teachers. But then there is someone exhibiting ability infused by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak in such a way that surpasses the mere passing of information and inspiration. It's doing way more than that. One thing with the spiritual gift of teaching does while being led by the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, powered by the Spirit, supported by the Spirit, and sustained by the Spirit, that's incredibly difficult. If you think about it like this. If you took Mike Tyson, I know he's out of his prime, but it would still hurt if he would punch you, right? That is his natural ability. If Superman was really here, and he walked up to you, and he punched you, that would be a much different experience, right? That goes beyond just natural ability to something otherworldly happening. 
Not that we're condoning punches in the face or anything, but comparing Mike Tyson and Superman. The reality is, is that anybody, there are so many people like Mike who have natural ability, but a spirit-empowered thing is otherworldly. The spirit is working through you, not for yourself, but in the lives of others to encourage and serve them. The gift was picked by God, the gift is empowered by the Spirit, and like I've said, the gift was given to you for others. The gift was given to you for others. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common. You don't go to a birthday party with a gift and open it in front of the person going, Oh, I got this for myself. You would be seen as the jerk of the party for all time. Well, to think that our spiritual gifts are for ourselves is the exact same thing. They're not for us. Yes, there's a residual reality of being used by God that's amazing and being a part of that, but we are given these gifts to serve others. And so you, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a gift that God has picked for you, that is empowered by the Spirit and given because you are a gift to the church and what he's doing in the world. And so as a believer, we need to know what our gifts are. How do you discover yours? Well, partly it's begin serving. Begin trying things out. Where does your heart lead you? And in that, start talking with people. Start asking people, how do you see God using me? When you see me in community, when you see me doing things, just living my life, and you see this list of, lift, list of gifts, where do you see me there? Another thing that you can do, there are different um, church, some different churches have put together different tests, assessment, things like that. And they'll ask you a bunch of questions and you can go through those. And we're going to have some for the, uh, those for you you can take a look at. Those are by far not like a definitive type of a thing, but they're a tool that you can use and glean from in conversation with others and in community as you're serving. So being active, being connected, Thinking prayerfully, saying, God, show me what my gifts are. But if you are a believer, you have gifts. And to not be using your gifts is to be a lazy, on-the-bench Christian who's supposed to be in the game. I don't, I don't say that to be mean. I don't say that to shame anyone. I say it because we need to be reminded of who we are. You have been gifted by God for some reason for the community and for the world that God would work through you. And so to not do that is to miss the whole point of following Jesus. You have spiritual gifts. How has God shaped you? Second, you have heart. Now, not just the blood pumping muscle inside of you. That's not what I'm talking about. What are you passionate about? What are the activities that you love? What are the issues that get you riled up? Think about it like this. When you're reading or watching the news, interacting with the news, I don't know how everybody does that nowadays, seeing things happening in your city, seeing things happening around the world, I want you to think about every issue, every situation, anything we can read about or see or hear about. I want you to think about every single one of those like a wreck on Lakeshore Drive. 
Now, when you are driving down Lakeshore Drive and you see that wreck, do you have gapers delay or do you get out of your car and help? Because there's moments where every single person, you're driving down Lakeshore Drive and something's happening and you're like, oh my gosh, come on, oh, that's really bad, oh, this is annoying, however you react to it. But then there's moments where you're looking for somebody, right? If it was somebody you knew, you would stop your car and get out. If you, if you saw somebody that you knew, you would stop and you would get out. There would be something different about that particular wreck. So when you hear things in our world, when you see things in your community, when you experience things or need to experience things in the church, what are the things that you just look at and what are the things that you get out and help with? What things are pulling your heart to stop and get out and be a part of something? Because that's what you're passionate about. The things that you just are drawn to, that you feel, why is it other people care about this? I need to be a part of this. We need to fix this. That's tapping into your passions. And so what are you passionate about? And you know what? And I think sometimes we just don't give ourselves permission to be passionate about stuff. Or we're so busy that there's no time and margin in our life to realize how God has impassioned us to be part of what's happening in the world. And so where's your passion? Where is your heart? One problem is that we can get a little judgy if somebody doesn't share our passions or if those push on our comfort zone. You need to discover what your passions are and you be you. How has God impassioned you? What has he laid on your heart? So we each have spiritual gifts, we each have heart, we each have abilities. What are your natural abilities and strengths? We all have some type of natural abilities, things that either you were born with or things that you have developed. It could be things like art or music, sports, science, math, cooking, Crowd, I mean, name the lists. I mean, everything. What are the things that you like to do? What are the things you enjoy doing? What are just your natural abilities? But then there's also the natural strengths that God has given us. The things about who you are that are unique in who you are. One uh, thing that's out there is this um, organization that does a strength finders. It's an empowering assessment which helps us see our natural patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving. And there, these are some of the natural strengths which it shows that God has made people with and the experience when we identify who we are within these things helps us see which of our, you know, if you, if you take the strength finders test, whether it's being uh, strategic thinking, being analytical, um, I can't see that small, context, futuristic, ideation, input, intellectual learner, or if you're a relationship building, um, influencing strengths, ex uh, executing strengths, you take this assessment and it identifies your top five. We, we all have interaction with all of them, but there's five that kind of stick out to the top. And they could be maybe more in one column or they can be spread out across the four. When you identify your five and it's like, this is why I act the way that I act. This is why I pull Excel sheets out. This is why I hate Excel sheets. This is why I think through big picture. This is why I'm spontaneous. This is why I get excited meeting with new people. This is why I want somebody else to do that. 
there are different strengths that we have, and to identify those is to see the abilities that God has given us that he wants to use. You have a spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, and personality. Yes, you have a personality. No, you don't have to take a test to prove that. Um, that might, some people might not believe that, but it's true. Um, we all have a personality. Again, you might question that sometimes, but it's true. Thankfully, our personalities are different. And so think about how you're wired. Around others, are you more reserved or are you more outgoing? Are you, when you make decisions, do you base things more on fact and thinking or on feelings? In your relationships, do you tend to be more dependent on others or independent? When how you use your time, are you very determined and planned or are you much more spontaneous? There are different personality things out there as well, but one of the blessings of understanding how we are not only why, how, not only how we are wired, but there's something powerful about understanding how other people are wired because it's okay for people to be different than you. And so we want to understand not only how we are, but we want to allow people to be how God has made them. Learn how to interact with people and then also learn how to take care of our own hearts. You have a personality. Knowing our unique personality can help us see the ways we can impact others. And then last, what experiences have you gone through? Some of us, every single one of us, have some of the best, most amazing experiences in life that have even helped shape and define who we are as people. At the same time, we have some of the worst, most painful experiences in our life that we wouldn't wish on anyone. And they have defined who we are. And the reality is, is that God can use those. He can use the mountains and he can use the valleys through us in other people's lives. And so we think about our shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personalities, personality, and your experiences. When you see the reality of all of these things, we can step back and ask ourselves, okay, how has God made me so that my life will speak in the way he has shaped me so that other people can experience him, his goodness, and his love? And the reality is, these, this is true about every single one of us. You were shaped in a specific way by God, not just to get a paycheck, not to sleepwalk through your job, to be a part of what he's doing in the world. And so we have to take the time to figure this out. What do we do with this? 1 Corinthians 12 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. We'll have different types of opportunities that we'll, place, that we'll be placed in or could go with. But are you flowing within the manner that God has shaped you? It isn't just, well, I'm going to do that because it's there. Should I be doing this? Who are you and why are you here? Thinking about how you're shaped helps you see why you're here. Remember what we said last week 
Frederick Buechner, he said, the place God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. When we understand how God has shaped us, that puts us in tune with not only how God has made us, but the joy of being used by him. And if you are flowing in a way in life that's different than how you're shaped, you're robbing yourself of the joy that God wants you to experience in him being used by him. How has he shaped you? And so what do we do with this? First off, so here's the things I want you, because this is meant to be practical. What do we do with this? First off, you need to pray and pray and pray. Prayerfully asking, God, who am I in you? And why do you have me here? Remember, this is not just something neat. This isn't meant to just give us a feel-good, you know, warm, fuzzy moment in church. God has made you to be a part of what he's doing in the world. You ha- why are you here? We have to be asking that. If you are too busy to ask that question, then you're too busy. We need to figure that out. We need to not make excuses for that. God, forgive me for allowing my priorities and my schedule and my excuses. Oh, that God, help me to see who I am and why you have me here. So we need to be praying, passionately praying, pursuing God on this. Alexandra, can you pass, pass those out? Alexandra and Help are going to pass out some pieces of paper to you right now. Second thing I'm going to recommend that we do is you go through this shape profile. And so I didn't want to give you this in the beginning and you'd be distracted by it, so we're giving it to you now. But this takes the five things that I just went through and gives you, okay, let's actually think through it. Let's actually prayerfully, not just aspirationally talk about this, but let's process it. And so this piece of paper has, goes through all five areas. First page has a place for spiritual gifts, a place to think through what are some of the things that I love or are passionate about for heart, what are my top strengths, what are other skills that I have, the back, what does my personality tend to be, and then what are my experiences. There, I have um, the link, if you want to do some of the assessments, I have the links that are on here. Just to kind of let everybody know, all of them are free except for the Strength Finder one. There is a cost on that one. So, I mean, just to be aware of that. But I want to challenge you to take the time this week to go through this. I want you to, I want to challenge you to take an hour this week. Most of us don't watch live TV. You use an app, which means that you can watch the show later. So what is, all the excuses are out the window in our modern age, or the big ones. Take an hour to go through this. Prayerfully go through this. And you might not know all of the answers yet. Maybe the assessments maybe help you with some of those holes. But this isn't a time for humble, like, well, I'm not really sure whatever God wants. No, God has made you. And he has shaped you and he has crafted you. And so be honest about that. This is how God has made my personality. These are the things God has put on my heart. 
These are the experiences that I've had. And put those things down. Second thing I want to challenge you to do is to sit down at some point and talk, through somebody, talk with somebody through your profile. Maybe, you have, maybe it's a good friend. Maybe it's somebody from church. Maybe it's your spouse. I am letting every single person know I will buy you coffee to sit down and go over your profile with you. Not everybody at once, and I can't do everybody this week. But I'm very, very serious about this. I will buy you coffee to sit down and go through this with you. Whether it's over the next few weeks or sometime this fall, because there's a lot of people in here or watching, I would love, doesn't matter who you are, I would love you, I am telling all of you, you have at least one person that you can talk through this with. I would love to sit down and have coffee with everybody in here, individually, at some point, to go through this profile. So I have made the offer, and I have a lot of witnesses that I've made the offer. And so please, take me up on that offer, or find somebody that they can, somebody that's going to encourage you, speak into you, be honest about what they see and what they've seen in your life, if they know you pretty well. But allows other, the, I mean, this is meant to be community. First Corinthians 12, we're not talking about individuals, talking about community. And so allow somebody to speak into your life. When I give permit, and then uh, last two things. Give yourself permission to dream again. You know what, maybe you need to go watch Dead Poet Society for the first time. Or maybe again. And just hear Carpe Diem. Just, okay, maybe that isn't just some naivety of youth. Maybe it's not just a movie emotional moment. Maybe there's something much deeper and real and human and spiritual about that that God wants us to make the most of every opportunity that we have before us, whether it is getting the kids ready for school in the morning or if I'm going to take whatever that next step is for whatever's ahead of me. Give yourself permission to dream. You should not do anything because you have to. You should do things because you were shaped to because God has this for you. And he is leading and guiding you and using you in a specific way. And then last, remember that this is a journey. This is about you and Jesus. This is about God using your voice and what he's doing in the world. It's not something you're going to have figured out next weekend. It's not something you're going to have completely figured out even by the end of this year because you're going to learn some things and you're going to try some things and you're going to have to make some adjustments and maybe God's going to use whatever this next season is to get you ready for whatever the season after that is. We don't know. But all we know is that on this journey right now you have moments and you have breath and you are made for more than just a paycheck. You were made for more than just sleepwalking, sleepwalking through work. Why are you here? And so on the journey, give yourself permission to prayerfully dream a little bit more and ask God to show you how he's made you and why you're here. I want to end today by reading um, a section of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. 
It's a little bit longer of a passage, but when I think about the reality, Ecclesiastes is kind of a pessimistic, satirical, a little bit downer of a book if you only read sections of it. But if you read the whole thing, get to the end, you see the God's control and relationship with him and how everything is meaningless without him. We're meant to be in community and one with him. But the author has this just interesting thing at the end that I think is really important for us to hear as we process the things we talked about today, as you think about how God has shaped you, as you think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. So it says this, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. And I think, let me just clarify that, um, that's everybody. When it says youth, he's not just talking about the kids that are what we're running around. He's not just talking about my junior high and high schooler. He's not just talking about the college students. He's not just talking about the 20s and 30s. He's talking about everyone. And so parents, older parents, grandparents, wherever you fall within the age spectrum, this is all of us. But I wouldn't be referred to as a youth anymore but you know what you're breathing and we always make these comments about like age is just a number and youth you know age thing you can be young at heart even though your age might be a little bit different and so don't miss the point of what he's trying to challenge us with here this is for everyone Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Because the reality is is that even some young people can get to that point. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes and rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble, and before shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding, and before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, but then all the sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about dangers in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper and the capperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the, before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your creator now in the time that you have. While you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken, don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well, for then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Remember your creator. Don't waste the life that he has given you. Why? Are you here? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the fact that you see bigger and wider than we do. We thank you, God, for the fact that you use frail, fragile, messed up people like us to do extraordinary things with you. 
We thank you that you allow us to be your representatives, your ambassadors of grace and mercy and love and joy and justice. God, I pray that you would do something in our church, whether it's people sitting here or people sitting at home. God, I pray you would do something and draw us to you, draw us one to, to one another. Help us to see who we are and help us to see the needs in our community, but not just in these walls, also out of them. God, I pray that you would give us moments this week where we can reconsider all the other moments. I pray that you help us see how we're shaped so we can see that we were made with a purpose. God, I pray that, I pray for the people that you will use us to encourage, to tell about you, to walk alongside. God, I pray that you would open our eyes to those opportunities. God, help us not just be about paychecks and sleepwalking through life. Let our lives speak. In your name we pray, amen. Let's stand and we'll close with this last song. Mm-hmm.